FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 376 of the podcast that goes snicked. There you go. I'm your host, Jason Venable, and the best is back. No, not the best part of the podcast. I tried to get Denise to come back on, but she was had too much other stuff going on. But the best is back, and we finally, for the first time in a long time, have a new Wolverine number one. Now... I'm more of the opinion that Logan and Laura are equal, so I don't think this isn't a, oh, finally, it's a real Wolverine bag. None of that bullshit. But I am glad to see Wolverine back in his own solo series and hoping that we haven't seen the last of Laura in a solo series. I know 6X23 ended. There's been a little bit of a hole in my comic life and that I hope will get refilled. And I really enjoyed her appearance and, uh, X-Men number 5, I uh, was glad to see Hickman do something with her, but um, hopefully we'll see her her bounce back and you know, get her own book or be a key part of a small team, if nothing else. Um, but today, we have a brand new book with Logan, Wolverine number 1, and I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. It's been, a, it's been a long time coming, and I know that I was kind of lukewarm on, uh, you know, the return of Wolverine and, and kind of all the the mishmash that went, went with him actually coming back and and luckily this doesn't really bother with much of any of that <laughs> and just kind of hey we're back we're in dawn of x now we we're playing in that backdrop um that's our that's our sandbox right now and um just kind of takes takes that and runs with it so we'll talk about that mostly we'll also talk uh, logan shows up in black cat number nine and then we'll talk briefly on Marvel's Voices, which was a one-shot that came out recently as well. But for the main event, we have Wolverine number one. Um, this has two stories. The first one is if you really want someone to tang, or no, sorry, if you really want to tangle with someone, and it is um, or alright. So all these Dawn of X books, so they have two titles. <laughs> They have like the one on the title page, and they have the credit page, and it says issue one, the flower cartel. Anyway, um, I kind of like the Tangle one better. But um, it's written by Benjamin Percy, art by Wolverine legend Adam Kubert, colors by Frank Martin, letters by VCs Corey Petit, Panic, woohoo, and designed by Tom Mueller. Um, cover is by Adam Kubert and Frank Martin. And there were a truckload of, of variant covers, all of which were pretty awesome. Um, so the main one is all, like, in red, red tone. We have a Wolverine in shadow and a field with a bunch of corpses. And there's just something cool about, like, the random monarch butterfly that's sitting on his fist. Um, in the midst of all this violence and carnage, you know, we have this beautiful butterfly um, sitting on his hand. It's a pretty cool cover. All the other covers are pretty great, too. Um, there's the, uh, the Wolverine Party one, which is going to be my Twitter, uh, uh, I, not icon, um, what's the word? Your Twitter thing. <sighs> Never mind. My picture. My Twitter picture. Avatar! Thank you. Not me. Twitter thingy. I have a Twitter thingy. Retweet that. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, so we have um, Alex Ross had, did a pretty awesome cover of Wolverine, like in a green jungle. Um, I don't know actually who did all these. Um, the Jim Lee one was great. Uh, there's a the one with him with like the the party noisemaker and the the confetti, um, and then probably my favorite one. Is the uh, RB Silva one? It's just so clean and looks awesome. 
And then, of course, the Scotty Young one. I love that the kiddie pool has, like, the Wolverine tiger stripes on the side. It's pretty awesome, too. So, so check all those out. Because um, they're all pretty rad. So, we also have a second story, which we'll get to in a little bit, called Catacombs. Still written by Benjamin Percy. This is art by Victor Bogdanovich, who's come over from DC to Marvel. Um, I really like his art style a lot. Uh, he did some... A couple of, like, fill-in, like, Aquaman. I think he did some Superman stuff and maybe some Justice League. I don't remember. The thing I really remember him doing, and I, I forgot what the book is called now. Maybe it was New Superman. It was the uh, the Superman from China. And my art was by far the favorite part of that book. And it was a good book. It was a fun book. But the art really, really sold it. Um, so I really enjoyed his art over at DC. Um, so... We'll see what he does with Wolverine. I've been really anxious to see it. Um, Matthew Wilson does the colors on that one. VC's Corey Pettit does the letters. Woohoo. And Tom Mueller, again, the design. Um, so our first story, we open up somewhere in Alaska. And we get all Wolverine's uh, synonyms. Um, his AKAs, James, Logan, Patch, Weapon X, Wolverine. And we get all the places he's been. And basically, he's putting himself back together. He's healing in a bloody snowbank. Uh, there's some really cool light snowflakes busting in and out of the panels. It looks really nice. Um, as his body is knitting itself together from muscle and torn ligaments and adamantium skeleton. And um, he wakes up and he doesn't remember what he did. But he sees his friends laying in the snow eviscerated by claws and yeah they can be resurrected but he's not too happy that it looks like he killed them all and we have uh members of x-force the current x-force team we have Jean gray quentin choir and domino and uh, domino not in her weird like half krakoan supplemental body armor stuff it's just regular awesome looking domino in that that costume from her solo series that i love so much um yeah, they're all in the snow with claw marks and, and dead. Uh, Wolverine's clothes are in tatters. He has one boot on, one boot off. Um, so he's got like a boot and a barefoot. Um, and he knows that he did this. And they're dead in his hands. And he's really pretty distraught. And he's trying to remember what happened. He can't really remember. Um, but he sees footprints. And he's like, okay. A single foot of footprint set off. Maybe another friend running away from me, he said. Or maybe an enemy doing the same. Either way, I'm lost. So I got no choice but to follow. I thought that was really good internal dialogue. Um, you know, I'll just get this out of the way. I haven't loved Percy's X-Force. But I've enjoyed his characterization of Wolverine in X-Force. And... I, of course, enjoyed... He uh, did the writing for the Wolverine serial podcast. Um, and then the comic uh, adaptations. So I think he definitely gets Wolverine. We get a nice snicked here as Wolverine's about to follow these footprints. But his, uh, his dialogue and internal narration really works. So I feel like he has Wolverine's voice down. So we go back to five days ago with Krakoa. We have Wolverine not playing tag with a bunch of kids. He says he's teaching them survival skills, but he's basically playing hide-and-seek. <laughs> but Jean Grey needs him, so she helps the kids find him with a telekinetic nudge by pulling him out of a great hiding spot. He's like, they would have never found me! And Jean's like, exactly. But they're not the only ones looking for you. And then we get some blah, blah, blah. I'm always here for you, Jean, which I don't like, because I don't really... Of, of all my Wolverine ships, Gene is towards the bottom. I think I made that abundantly clear on this podcast. Um, but I guess Percy is is on the favor of them maybe having a, a thing. So so Wolverine's like, I always got time for you. And Gene's like, yeah, but I'm not talking about me. It's Kitty. And Kitty, of course, has been smuggling booze to Krakoa for Logan. And she's with the Marauder ship. And she has some booze, so he comes to get it. Um, but she's like, nope, you don't get off that easy. You made me wait. I'm running late because of you, but, you know, it's okay. I'm already running late, so we're going to take some time, and your payment is to just kind of chill out with me and have a drink. So you get a nice double-page spread with, like, one, two, 
five rows of three horizontal panels. So like 15 panels on this on this page. And just, just Kenny and Logan hanging out. And it's really nice. And she's like, you know, you seem, you know, dare I say it, I don't want to jinx it, but you seem happy. <laughs> like, that's really good. I'm glad, glad to see that, you know, Paco has really been a good thing for you. And he, you know, talks about how he's here to protect everybody. Um, but she's like, well, even that, you've got a purpose. And he's like, well, you're not wrong. But enough of this heart-to-heart crap. <laughs> oh, and there, uh, so Percy does do a cool thing with Kitty that I, I don't, not gonna promise that it's, he's the only person to ever do, but the first person I've ever remembered doing it. And it's a cool like drinking thing where she phases through the glass and absorbs all the alcohol or all the liquid, like into her, I guess like right into her bloodstream with her phasing power, leaving the glass on the table. So basically like it's a full glass and she slams her hand down on it and through it because, you know, she phases through it but as her hand phases through the glass all the liquid disappears. It's a nice little trick. <laughs> I thought it was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, so we find out that uh, shipments of the Krakoan flower have gone missing. Now, I remember kind of the setup of Dawn of X is that we have this new mutant nation in Krakoa where all mutants are welcome. And one of the ways that they've declared or like interacted globally is they have this, this flower that is like a miracle drug and it like cures all these diseases. And of course, they're the only people that can make it and they're willing to to offer it and sell it to nations that are willing to recognize them as a sovereign nation. And so we know that there's also some like Hellfire Club kind of black market stuff on the side, but between both of those, there's still shipments of the flower or the petal that have gone missing. And so Kenny wants Wolverine and X-Force to check it out. And we go to Baltimore and there's a drug lab a murder scene, and we meet our uh, our agent Lebowski. Uh, what's his name? Um, agent Bannister, but he's basically uh, the Big Lebowski, um, <laughs> and, uh, or the dude. He's the dude from Big Lebowski. Um, and um, you know, he's got like a Hawaiian shirt and long hair, and he's wearing Birkenstocks, you know, the way you should with no socks. Um, I remember in high school we couldn't wear open-toed shoes, and everyone wore. Birkenstocks are like so trendy. Some people wore them with socks. It was not a good look. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, he's here and he's investigating. And um, he's like, well, you know, this isn't a murder. This is a big, they killed each other in suicide. Uh, they killed themselves. When um, they figure out this drug, it doesn't smell like a drug lab. It smells like a greenhouse. <laughs> he says it smells like gardens and grandmas. It's like pollen. That's where we get our first text piece of the book, which explains that pollen is a new epidemic-level street drug uh, that's taken you know the streets by storm, and it's very euphoric. And you know we have have one per gang that is running the pollen and taking out all the competition, and of course um, everyone's interested in it. Uh, and the flower cartel is their name. And they proposed a meeting. Uh, of course, Agent Bannister is going to go undercover. So then we go back uh, four days ago, and Wolverine's putting his team together, and they're making their their mission. And they can't. They they figure out with through Sage that the most likely scenario is this location in Russia, outside of Mas- Moscow, and that's where they looks like the Flower Gang. I'm sorry, the Flower Cartel is working. I like the Flower Gang better. <laughs> Sounds like a sounds like a Don Knotts movie. Um, but anyway, um, they're gonna go there. But of course, remember from from other issues, uh, if you've been reading along, that the Krakoan gates in Russia have had some problems. Uh, you know, when when you get to the other side, there's definitely some um, resistance. So instead of using the gates, they're gonna use Gateway. Um, Logan and Jean hold hands, which Boo. Um, the gateway teleports them into Russia. But then we go back to Baltimore and we see that the reason this Agent Bannister has come back home is he was doing a really good job like 
in South and Central America, but um, his daughter has, uh, I think they said leukemia, if I remember, um, and so he wanted to come home and, you know, obviously be with her, so he got a transfer back to the States. He's still working, but he's a lot closer to home. But then we also find out that she's on a waiting list for, you know, legitimate Krakoan petal, and so he has a vested interest in figuring out, you know, because this all this illegal drug stuff is messing up, like, I guess, the legal ramifications somehow. You would think that really wouldn't, I don't know. I, I, don't, I won't pretend to understand all the ins and outs of the of drug trades and cartels and how, how illegal marijuana would affect illegal marijuana sales or anything like that. I don't know. I don't know enough about all that. But um, for whatever reason, he's worried about these guys because he feels like it's keeping his daughter from getting the drug she needs to cure or cancer. Um, and so he has a very personal interest, which I thought was a nice touch, right? Obviously it's sad, but, you know, as a dad, you know, you can do whatever you can, right, for, for your family. And so the idea that if he feels like by busting these guys, he can help his daughter, like, overcome this disease, and obviously he's going to do everything he can to do that. And, you know, his visit with her is a very touching scene. So it really adds kind of a, an extra level to this book, which I thought was really nice. Um... Then we get introduced. We we've seen a little bit this a little bit of this in some of the other Dawn of X books, the Order of X. Um, these are this is a mutant worshiping cult, and we find out that there's a sect that not only worships mutants but an attempt to try to gain a closer, I guess, revelation of the divine. They actually like kill and eat mutants, like consume their flesh. Uh, so there's like a cannibalistic side of the Order of X. And if that's not foreshadowing, I don't know what is. But this is where our guys go. Our X-Force team, uh, Gateway, shoots them into this Order of X ceremony, which is where a large amount of pollen is. And Quentin Quire, he can read their mind, kind of. It's kind of blocked. They can read a little bit. Like, hey, they worship us. Order of X, they worship us. And he's like, awesome. And he jumps in, he's like, I'm going to crowd surf. And then they all take pollen, which, you know, ups their senses, makes them go crazy, gives them green eyes. And Jean's like, um, they do worship us, but they also want to eat us. And we get a really cool page, uh, a nice double snicked as Wolverine crouches and Jean's behind him and Domino's beside him with guns drawn, gateway in the background, they're going to try to save... Quentin from the angry cannibalistic mob. Uh, Wolverine's like, remember the Krakoan law, we're not supposed to kill them, so try your best not to kill them, but, you know, hurt them a little bit. And he, he says that, and when the art looks like he's killing them all. <laughs> he, he's like hacking and slicing and dicing his way through a crowd of, of these Order of X guys, and it looks pretty brutal. Um, but Quentin kind of catches on. He, yeah, he shoots them away with a telekinetic burst, then pulls out a TK shotgun like he tends to do. We get a really nice panel. You know, I've seen I've seen Adam Kubert draw a lot of Wolverine. Uh, he gets some new, he does some new stuff here. Uh, there's a shot like of Wolverine reaching out towards the camera with one hand and his claws like poised back, almost like cocked, right? Like ready to strike. In the back of the panel, it's all like in black shadow. It looks really, really cool. Um, but everyone starts dying, and they kind of catch on fire, and Wolverine's like, uh, Quentin, don't kill him. And he's like, um, well, I think they deserve it, but it's not me. It's the pollen. They're burning out. They're ODing. And so that's, that's where we go. So we go to one day ago in Moscow, and Logan and Wolverine, they've tracked down a lead. Uh, so he walks in with a duffel bag and a head of one of the Order of X guys to these Russian mobsters. I bet they're Bratba. <laughs> um, for all you Arrow fans, D- Denise and I had, whenever the, one of those episodes came on with that An- Anatoly, right? Um, we, count, we counted up how many times it said Bratva, and it was a lot. Oh, I think our top one was 15. Is we got to 11, and then like the last one in the last season, I think they hit like 15. And it was like, Bratva. Bratva. Yeah. <laughs> I need you, but I don't want to be part of the Bratva. Yeah. 
I know you can't hear anything she's saying, but she's saying Bratva over and over again. Um, yeah, so I'm assuming these guys are Bratva. Um, drink. Drink. Drinks up. Drink up. But um, he uh, walks into the bar. A Wolverine walks into a bar with a head full of duffel or a duffel bag full of head, and um, we get a nice snicked of the two outside claws, and he stabs the guy to the wall with a middle claw, coming out that old classic trick of interrogation, and we find out that there's the pale lady. No, I'm sorry, the pale girl. Um, we get a snack, so that's good. You know, early in 2020, we have a snack. I know some years we get like none, so <laughs> that's good. That'll, that'll help in our Wolfie Award nominations later. Um, but he, he pulls out their, their whiskey and says, all right, keep talking. And so the pale girl has mind control, and they work for her, but, you know, they don't really like working for her, but, you know, they can't betray her. So, you know, obviously they're, they're worried about it. Um, but, they you know, they enjoy the money. So Wolverine's like, all right, cool, got it. And then we go to earlier today, and we see that Wolverine and Beast are talking about pollen, and you know, there's a drug war brewing, and Wolverine's like, isn't this kind of our fault? And, of course, Beast, who's not a really nice guy right now, is not going to admit any complicit, complic complicity. Um... And then we go to CIA headquarters in Langley where we find out the banister is going to go deep undercover. But now we go back to Alaska. And Wolverine sees the pale girl in the snow. And we get a really cool page. Like an awesome page. With another double snicked of him crouching to attack. But she disappears. And Wolverine sees like these hunters that come out of the snow. And they're like, who the hell are you? Oh, no, that's not just random hunters. It's Bannister. So he's here to meet the flower cartel. Um, but he he meets a, a tattered wolverine instead. And he appears to be amnesiac. I guess the pale girl made him forget why he was here. So he's like, I don't, I don't know. To be continued. So a pretty good first story. The art was great. The colors, my goodness, the colors. Um, this book looks beautiful. Um, we're talking about the writing when we do the whole issue. I'll, I'll save it. But I, I think, obviously, you can just hear from the tone of my voice. <laughs> Probably going to like this better than X-Force. How much better? We'll see. Alright, so we go to our second story. Um, and we have Wolverine kind of talking about how Krakow is always changing. Like, even, like, the lay of the land changes, like, constantly, because it's a living island. And he's used that as a challenge. It's like his own, like, island-wide danger room. And he says, but even the people are a challenge, right? Enemies are, are friends now, because everyone's welcome. And, and old allies are, are suspicious, and old enemies are, are here, and we have to accept them. And he's like, I'm not so sure about all this. He definitely has his doubts. But we find out that he's really doubtful about what's about to happen. And that's Omega Red coming through a portal. Uh, seeking amnesty. And he's covered in blood. And he's about to collapse. And we get a double snake as Wolverine's like, I don't think so. And he's about to jump in and attack Omega Red. But he freezes in the air. And it's Magneto, you know, grabbing a hold of that adamantium skeleton with his magnetic powers. He's like, you will not hurt Omega Red. Everyone is welcome. All mutants are welcome here, including him. And you know what? He is covered in blood, but it looks like most of it is his own. And then Omega Red collapses. And he goes, you want to be involved in this? Fine. And he shoves Wolverine back through the gate, which goes to Russia. And he says, figure out... I'm sorry, no. It goes to Paris. And he goes, figure out what's on the other side. So he's in Paris, and... He sees a card that looks like it's Omega Red was there. He smells some Omega Red. Oh, we get another snack. <laughs> wow, two in one issue. Um, and he sees blood dripping out of the trunk. And he's like, okay, this doesn't look good. So he's basically out, like, to fig like basically to prove that Omega Red is still a, a murdering, guilty psychopath. And so he opens the trunk of the car, and this pale body launches himself at him. Um... And he sees the police coming, so he runs off. 
Then we see uh, he he talks to Magneto and Cecilia Reyes and says, you know, I understand we welcome everybody, but this is different. He's going to hurt someone. And Magneto very callously is like, well, you know what? Even if he does get loose and, like, hurt someone, even if he hurts the kids, we can just resurrect him. It's fine. Which, wow, that's, like, cold. <laughs> like, really cold. Um... You know, I've been talking with, with Dan and Georgie with the Don of X books about how Magneto and Professor X are really not coming off the best here in this story. This is definitely another example of, you know, yeah, I mean, it's the practical aspect of resurrection, right? But it doesn't mean you just let people die. It's just, it's, it's not good. Um, when Wolverine goes to talk to Omega Red and... Um, you know, Omega Red says, well, what'd you find? What'd you find when you went went to Paris? Uh, you know, I maybe I killed the people in that van or car. Maybe I didn't. So he goes back and he meets this girl who offers him a rose. And he's like, um, you know, that's okay. I'd rather buy you a drink. And well, she's like, but I can't go to that place you're going. And like, oh, well, that's kind of where I have to go. So he traces the scents to these bars and there's some absinthe and... He takes a drink and it is poison. And obviously it's not going to kill him, but it knocks him out for a second. And this club is like the club from Blade. It's like a bunch of vampires at a club. And they're going to... <laughs> they have like a tap, like a beer tap. And they're going to tap his neck. <laughs> and like drain his blood through the tap. Uh, it's kind of funny. Um... And they do, and he doesn't like it. So he's able to pop his claws and, and decapitate and stab some vampires. And then the lady friend that he met comes in. Looks a lot like, if you remember, there was a Top Cow book at some point in the 90s uh, by Joe Benitez. Um, Magdalena. This design is very much like uh, the Magdalena design from that book. Um, but she's got like some religious artifacts. She's got a cross on her chest. And some armor. Uh, she's got some anti-vampire weapons, like stakes and stuff. And so they decide, hey, we're gonna we're gonna figure this out together. She's got like a UV gun, very very blade. Um, and yeah, so we find out that the the dudes in the car that Wolverine sent to the morgue, or that the police found, were also vampires, and they wake up in the morgue and and kill the uh, the morgue guy. Um, and Omega Red's like, I, they're vampires, man. I, I'm, I've been trying my best like, to stay off the radar. I've, I've been, you know, I know I need to drain life force, but I've been doing animals and not people. You know, kind of the, you know, like any of your shows or movies that you watch where, like, you try to make the monsters sympathetic is always like, well, I quit hurting people. You know, like, Denise and I watch Supernatural, and always whenever they meet someone that, you know, is a good werewolf or a good vampire. It's not that they... It's like they've tried to feed their monstrosity and without hurting people. And so, you know, maybe they, they drink the blood of cows or whatever. So Omega Red has been... Oh, no. So the only part of the last X-Force series that I liked was Omega Red getting his little baby tiger. I thought it was really fun. Did he kill... He didn't drain his own tiger, did he? That's going to make me really, really sad if he drained his pet tiger. Because he's not in the book. He's not in this issue. Oh, no. Oh. Ah, that's terrible. Maybe the zombie apocalypse happened. But, um, so is he okay, no one tiger? can hear you. <laughs> All you're doing is giving me dead space that I have to edit out. Well, bring the microphone closer. <laughs> okay, what do you have to say, Mrs. I'm too busy to be on the podcast? Maybe the zombie apocalypse happened and Ezekiel took his tiger. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where I went. <laughs> so, um, Wolverine finds this lady in church again. Louise is her name, we find out. Or Louise, I guess, probably. Louise is more masculine. Uh, and she has all kinds of anti-vampire weapons. We get the classic where she offers him a weapon, and he's like, no, I think I'm all set. Snicked. That's a great snick. And a great panel. Great artwork. Um, so they go into these catacombs, name of the chapter, but, uh, Wolverine sets off like a trap door on the floor and they fall in and he's like, roll with me. 
And she's like, what? And he's like, no, trust me. And so he lands on all these spikes and bones and saves her. Uh, she throws a holy water grenade at the the vamps. And Wolverine pops up with a double snick and he's kind of giving in to the berserker. He's got like spikes and bones sticking out of him where he landed. And he's cutting vampires in half and going to town. And the vampires are like, oh, get him. And the really cool art where they turn into like half bat people and they attack Wolverine and try to start biting him. And he's like, ugh. And he kills the leader and they all fly off. And he's like, well, I'm not going to turn. My healing factor cures vampirism. So like, I know they bit me, but I'm okay. You don't have to worry about it. And I got the leader and he's got his head on his claws. Um, we find out that's not what they were after. They're after his blood. Um, like to help like make super vampires and we find out that they have old Vlad himself Dracula so I guess he got removed from that prison camp in Markovia or wherever it was uh, from the Avengers story um, the vampires have him and they you know the the whole thing is that with, with um, you know humans kind of being I guess in reaction mode because of Gen uh, because of Krakoa. <laughs> Sorry, I almost called it Genosha. And the vampires are making a power play. Um, kind of take advantage of the chaos. And um, they wanted Wolverine's blood uh, to feed Dracula and help heal him. And also make vampires, I think, I think the idea is they're going to be able to walk in the sun. Because the healing factor will help heal them as the sun burns them and I guess would also give them immunity to some of the typical vampire weapons like maybe holy water and UV and you know wooden stakes maybe the, the vampires that but see but I don't know about this I don't know if this works for me because vampires at least in, in the Marvel comics and I think in generally speaking heal from normal wounds at a quicker rate anyway so they already have like a quote unquote healing factor in their blood it's these items of of mysticism that have always hurt them right it's the it's the mystic element of the, of the sun and the cross and the holy water and the wooden stakes and all that it's not that it physically hurts them it's like that it's part of the lore I don't I don't know if a healing factor would really amp them up and protect them I guess we'll see where this goes I'm not I'm not sure about it um we find out that Omega Red, this was all a setup, he was working with the vampires, went to Krakoa to send Wolverine back, because he knew Wolverine would be suspicious of him, and so that's how the vampires got his blood. And in return, the vampire agent is giving him the car carbonadium synthesizer, which, remember, is a, uh, he can use carbonadium to sustain his own life force so he doesn't have to use his death spores um and like, so now you have this though I want you to stay on Krakoa and be a happy little citizen and you can be our double agent join them but obey me he says alright so the art is really nice it's killer actually I like it a lot so the art in this whole book is really really good both guys do a great job the writing alright so I'm, I've been trying to decide why, why, because tonally, not super different, right? We have kind of the the human level drug cartel, which is not that different than the court of peacocks over in X Force. Um, it's still pretty violent and pretty brutal. I mean, our opening scene is Wolverine like putting himself back together, like with blood and guts and stuff. Um, so, so the the tone is not all that different, but I like this a lot more than X Force. I think a lot of it is the art, right? I have not been digging the X Force art as much. I know it has a purpose, right? It's like kind of intentionally like a horror vibe that it's going for. You know, I think I compared it last time to Manifest Destiny, uh, that image book, which kind of has some some kind of natural horror elements. Um, this art is more just. I guess, really, really good comic art. <laughs> Maybe I just like it better. And that's definitely part of it. But I also think, I don't know. Like the tone is not that different, but the story is a lot different. There's a lot more to this. 
than what's going on in X-Force. I know it's the same writer. Part of it is that I think just focusing on Wolverine and having the other characters clearly only be supporting characters versus like trying to focus the, the book on the whole team um, I think works in its favor. I think he gets Wolverine more than he gets some of the other characters. Not to say he couldn't eventually. Get, but, you know, I don't know. Like, Wolverine sounds right. And this Bannister guy, like, his motivation really works for me. Uh, maybe it's just the dad factor. But, um, I don't know. I mean, I think the only missteps here are, uh, obviously, I don't don't love Logan and Gene having a thing. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know what the big difference is in the writing, but just it works a lot better for me. I like this a lot more than X Force. Like a lot more. Like a whole lot more. Um, in fact, I'm going to give Wolverine number one. I mean, the only thing I can say is, is I'm not sure about the vampire healing factor thing. And I know it's supposed to be. Like, there's extra pages and, and two stories. It felt a little bloated at times, so I'm only going to give it five out of six claws. And when Georgie and Danny listen, they're probably going to be shocked because I was a little, and I was kind of like, "Oh, cool!" When I heard the first creative team, because I love both the artists so much, and you know, I had enjoyed the the Percy podcasting writing. And then we started reading X Force, and I was like, "Oh man, I don't know about this." So they'll probably be be pretty shocked to hear hear how high I'm grading this. But um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Wolverine's back. It felt like Wolverine. It really, I get you know what it, it took. So I think it's the focus of just on Wolverine. I think also it took all the best parts of X Force, or the parts that did kind of work, because there are parts of it that work, and it expanded on all of that and kind of left the other stuff on the cutting floor. So it's just, it's just a much better comic. I'm really looking forward to where it goes. So that is going to take us into Black Cat number 9. And this is written by Jen McKay. It's a slide of hand part 1, by the way. Written by Jen McKay. Art by Chris Anka. Awesome. His, uh, his first uh, beginning of... His, I guess he's doing a run on this book, or at least doing this story. Uh, colors by Brian Reber, or Raber, maybe. Letters by Ferran Delgado, and the cover is by J. Scott Campbell and Edgar Delgado. And I'm not a huge J. Scott Campbell fan, but this cover works pretty well. Um, it's Black Cat, kind of like grabbing. It's like like Wolverine's six claws are making like prison bars, and she's trapped in Wolverine's claw prison. Then we have like a Wolverine silhouette or shadow behind her, like a big shadow with glowing eyes. It's, I mean, it's a concept cover, but I think it works pretty good. Um, yeah, it's pretty nice, actually, overall. So, I have been reading this Black Cat series off and on, um, really as it comes on Marvel Unlimited, so I've only read a couple issues. Um, I did get this one, obviously, because of the Wolverine appearance. Um... But I had to kind of rely on the beginning part for the story thus far. And basically, you know, we find out that uh, Black Cat's dad was part of the Thieves Guild. So she's part of the Thieves Guild, which that, that ties into like the amazing, the last time we saw her in Amazing Spider-Man, right? Where she was recovering like all these things that were stolen from the heroes and trying to help Spider-Man with that. Um, anyway, I guess we've kind of had almost like a... I don't know, like a, a quest or a treasure hunt kind of combo thing. All the stuff she's been stealing is kind of all leading into this this one thing. Um, so now she has like this team that she's working with, including uh, the Black Fox. No, I'm sorry, just the Fox. Um, and they need this painting, so they're gonna they're gonna go after this painting. And um, the last time that it was. I guess noticed when it was won by a uh, a guy named Patch in Madripoor. So they're going to go to Madripoor and try to find this Patch guy. Of course, we all know what's coming uh, to get this painting. And so uh, Black Cat kind of runs around Madripoor. Um, she tries to find some information and people are like, no, 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 no. And... <laughs> 
She's like asking around for a patch, and she see we see Deadpool. And he's like, seriously, you don't know? Okay, no way, no spoilers. <laughs> and so obviously, you know, he he knows what's coming too. And so they finally um, meet a guy who knows Patch and is willing to talk. And we find he reveals that there's a secret room with the Princess Bar. And of course, we've seen that before, it's where Wolverine keeps a costume and some stuff. I think we saw that in um, one of the uh, Hunt for Wolverine books where Kitty Pride and them went down into the secret room and, and found some stuff. So Black Cat sneaks in. She goes downstairs to the secret room and there's nothing there. It's empty. Except for a note from K to Kilgore Industries. But then the light comes on and he's like, fancy meeting you here. And she's like, no way! You're Patch! It's obviously, obviously she recognizes Wolverine. He's of course in his eye patch and white tuxedo. And he's like, did you just rob me? And she's like, oh, no, no I didn't, but this guy did. He's like, <laughs> it's funny because he lifts up his eye patch to read it. <laughs> you know, the worst disguise in, in all of comics, and he's like not even pretending anymore. Um, of course, she already recognized him as Wolverine. But, um, so he looks at it, sees the Kilgore arms, and he's like, oh, Kate Kilgore. He's, uh, he's part, he used to be part of this kid Hellfire Club, now he's doing other stuff. I guess he's, he's let me know that he stuck it to me. And she's like, oh, well, I'm looking for this painting. I heard you want it, and, like a dung beetle fighting match like you bet on like, yeah I kind of remember that but it was in here so Kate Kilgore must have it as well and she's like alright Logan baby we gotta get that painting he's like come on I'll, I'll help you get your stuff back but you gotta buy me a dress and so he does I guess or at some point so she gets a nice like sweet black evening gown they go out on the town they go to a casino owned by Kilgore's. She uses her luck power to to make people just start winning. Like everyone starts winning. And, you know, the, this makes the house very, very nervous. They finally key in that it's her. So they come to ask her to see the boss, and she's like, "Finally!" And so they go up to the penthouse, and Kate Kilgore's up there waiting. And um, Patch gets really mad at him, and um. Kilgore's like, who is this, Wolverine? <laughs> I thought you were in the Redheads. And one of the funniest lines of the book, Felicia says, story of my life. You know, obviously, you know, after having lost Peter to Mary Jane. Um, so Patch gets really mad. Kilgore bluffs a little bit. Um, we get a snicked. And then um, Black Cat shoots a little thing, a little hook out of her wrist and steals cage shades. And um, Wolverine cuts open the window and they jump out in a really cool splash page of them jumping out of the window and Black Cat using her cat claw thing to uh, to kind of fly away or swing away. And King Kilgore throws a temper tantrum and says, I want them back. Those glasses were computerized glasses. They have all the information on my account. So, uh, please go get them. And to be continued. Uh, art was really good. Of course, I love Chris Anka. I was really glad to see him on this book. Um, I think Travel Foreman was doing the book before this, and he, um, at least the first couple issues that I read. And his art was also really good. I like his art a lot. But, but Anka, he was a nice touch. Uh, so the art's beautiful. Um, the story, I mean, it's pretty light, and, Pretty simple, but really fun. Um, I, I like Logan in this, in kind of the lighter side of him, you know, being patched, walking around in fancy tux, and then at the end, popping the claws and, and doing what he needs to do. And it's definitely a black cat story, but he's along for the ride. And I don't know, I think between the great art and just kind of the fun story, I'm going to give this five out of six claws. So that's going to bring us to Marvel's Voices, which is an anthology one-shot uh, that's inspired by the podcast of the same name, the critically acclaimed podcast. Um, this has a whole lot of people doing a whole lot of things, and I didn't realize, I guess, I haven't listened to this podcast, but it really focuses on like minority creators in the comics industry, particularly at Marvel. So I thought that was really cool. 
that basically gives a book for all those creators that have been on the show, I guess, to kind of just do some one-off stories. Most of these are like a page, maybe two. There's a couple of exceptions. One of the Wolverine ones stories we'll talk about is a few pages, and the first story is also a few pages. Uh, it's a nice race. It's like a, like a tech street race between... Well, it's a lot of people, but we focus on Forge and Shuri um, from Black Panther. Uh, There's a cool Black Widow story and a Frost story. Uh, just a bunch of kind of cool things that, that go through here. Um, our, Wolverine, our first Wolverine story is called Death, and it's written by Method Man and Daniel Dominguez. And then the art is by Alita... E. Martinez and colors by Emilio Lopez and Emilio um, and we see uh, basically his back in Wolverine's days when he's running around in the wilderness after he found out about his powers and he sees the per- per- personage per- personage personage of death in the wilderness and he meets these, these these hunters, and they just massacred a bunch of Native Americans to get their fur. Instead of trapping their own fur, they're like, we saw these guys with all this fur, figured, hey, why work hard and trap them? We can just kill them and take all their fur. And so they did, but they got more than they bargained for. And, you know, they fought, fought back. And he's the last survivor, and he's wounded. And he, he, he realizes that death is there for the hunter. And... He begs death to take him to. He's been kind of this is his suicidal phase where he realizes that he can't die. And he wants, you know, anything to kill him, but you know, death refuses and takes the hunter instead. And it kind of, kind of is an interesting place. It's only two pages. Um, it says to this day I have no idea if death took if death took that man's life because he so deserved it, or because it was just his time to go. If she was there to amuse herself. Or because she needed to be. Um, I, I don't know. It's kind of a. <laughs> it maybe is not quite as deep as it plays to be, but it, you know, it's a, a decent little two-page story. Art was pretty good. Um, but then we get uh, the last story of the book, which is one, two, three, four, five, six pages back to Majapur, which was written by. Are, it's basically by the Bitter Root creative team, which that book has been really nice. Um, and I really miss that most of that team also did the Power Man and Iron Fist book that I miss greatly. But uh, it's uh, David Walker and Chuck Brown are the writers. Sanford Green does the art. Uh, Matt Herms does the colors on this one. And it plays like it's modern, right? Because it talks about Krakoa and we, but Wolverine is, of course, in his patch disguise. It's obviously, he was just in the Black Panther book, so he's still using that. That's in continuity. And he talks about how sometimes it's just fun to go back to Madripoor and be patched and not worry about all the geo, geopolitical stakes of Krakoa. Um, so he's fighting some Yakuza bad guys, um, but they, they're they scared um, of the Green Devil. And we find out that the Green Devil is the Hulk. And at some point, Banner washed up on Madripoor and realized that, hey, it was a place that Banner and the Hulk could hide. And, like, you know, Madripoor's full of lowlifes. No one really pays them much mind. But then he found this Krakoa gate. And, um, yeah. He says, you know, I knew the X-Men would show up sooner or later. And, you know, he wanted someone to smash. <laughs> and he's glad it's Wolverine because, you know, they have a history. So they have a nice little fight. Um, there's a really cool scene where, like, Logan, Wolverine stabs Hulk and he gets thrown off. And there's, like, three big green holes in Hulk's shoulder from where his claws were. Um, and then he, the sun comes up and he turns back into Bruce Banner and Wolverine snicks him through the jaw. And says, well, I, you can't kill something that won't die. Of course, remember right now, in current storyline, Hulk is completely immortal. So even if Banner dies, you know, he just comes back. Um, 
Because either way, I'm sending you away from Madripoor. And he's taking him back to the gate. And he's going to send him somewhere else. Um, it's a fun little story. The art is great. Uh, Sanford Green drawing Wolverine and Hulk is is really, really nice. Um, looks really good. Um, you know, as far as this thing overall, like, I was very happy to give a project like this my money just because of what it's doing, what it stands for, and giving, you know, people opportunities, you know, because for, well, definitely not for better or worse, definitely for worse, um, well, no, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is in spite of a lot of strides, comic creation is still overwhelmingly uh, straight white dudes. And so I think giving some different creators a chance to shine and give a little spotlight, I think I'm very much in favor of. Um, you know, we're, it's getting better, right? We're seeing more and more of that in the comics industry, but, you know, we still have a long way to go. Um, so I'm very happy to give my money to a project like this and to buy this book. I forgot to mention the cover. Um, the cover is by um, uh, Ryan Benjamin and Anthony Washington, and it's uh, we have Nick Fury in the middle, and then he's flanked by Domino, Captain America, Star Lord, Somebody, Storm, Miles, Black Panther, Night Thrasher, and Wolverine. A lot of these aren't in this issue at all, but it's still a pretty good cover. Um, Anyway, it's a mixed bag of stories. I mean, obviously, they're all really short. Some people are able to work better in the really short stories than others. Um, you know, overall, the three out of six claws, like, across the board. Uh, both the Wolverine stories are pretty good, and some, there are a couple other highlights in there as well. Um, that's Marvel Voices, and that's going to do it for the episode. So, hope you enjoyed it. Um, I don't know what will be next, whether it will be uh, more... Dawn of X with the Excaliburus, and we'll get back to the flashback stuff, but, um, something will be, be out pretty soon. But, um, yeah, looking forward to, to more solo Wolverine. Looking forward to the rest of the Black Cat story, and, um, we'll see what goes from there. So, as always, for the podcast that goes Snick, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnickCast. Show notes and stuff are at SnickCast.podbean.com. And that's going to do it. So until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. And snacked.